Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you'll learn from the experiences of America's most innovative and successful farmers as they shorten your learning curve, increase your yield, ROI, and profit. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Sylvius Financial, the company that offers customized risk management solutions for your farming operation. Sylvius Financial integrates crop insurance with government programs and grain and cattle marketing to achieve profitability for your farm. And now, here is your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We've got a great program for you today with two fantastic guests. We're talking about the business side of your agricultural operation and specifically how you can integrate three things that are really sources of revenue, but also a big part of managing your risk and making it so that your financial ball of wax is all together so that you can stay in business to fight another year, another decade, another century there at your farming operation. We're talking about integrating government programs with crop insurance along with your grain and crop marketing. You know, there's a lot of different things that happen in your farming operation. And sometimes it seems as though you're not integrating those three things, specifically, again, crop marketing, crop insurance, and the government programs, which obviously do impact your bottom line. I've got Bryce Goose. He is a financial advisor. And let me get make sure this title is right. He is a risk advisor and a commodity trader with Sylvius Financial. I've also got Jared Clark, who is the CEO and founder of Sylvius Financial. We'll be talking about, again, how to integrate uh, three really important things on your farming operation. Uh, you take the government programs, the crop insurance, and then as far as the marketing of your actual product and put that all together so that you have a financially sound farming operation. Bryce, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Bryce is a Purdue guy. He's younger than me. If you're watching this right now, you're probably thinking, is this kid like 13? He's actually not. He's in his mid-late 20s. He's just one of those baby-faced, good-looking young kids. Probably didn't grow up as hard as you and me. I mean, if he did, he'd obviously have the scars to prove it. But anyway, he's a smart young man. He's a Purdue guy just like me. And he's going to be talking about what he does to integrate all those things. He's joined by his boss and the CEO of Sylvia Financial, Mr. Jared Clark. Jared, thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Excited to talk about uh, risk management today. So risk management is a term that gets tossed around a lot. You know, everybody, risk management, risk management. Uh, Give me your scoop on that, because first off, I think it's overused. Secondly, I think it's misunderstood. I think even people that employ tools in their business, be it a you know, widget manufacturer or farming operation, they say the words or they have people that come and bang on their door and say, we're going to help you through risk management. I'm like, what's that mean? Let's just start right there, Jared. Yeah, for, for us, um, I, I do agree with you. It, it has been thrown around a lot and... Uh, um, to really look at it in the ag space, um, for us, it, it's getting down to profitability. Um, you know, that, that is what we're about. And that's why we're out here farming, not just because we love the ground, but to be around, as you mentioned earlier, for centuries, we need to be profitable. Yep. Um, and to be profitable um, within agriculture, there are, there are a ton of risks um, from yield risk, um, price risk, um, we could sit here and probably list them all out, but we've just got a ton of risk. And the neat thing that um, we have realized over the years is we've got a huge toolbox, if you will, 
to manage that risk. Um, from everywhere from crop insurance, federally subsidized crop insurance, um, private products insurance, um, to government programs that are offered through FSA, whether that be ARC County, ARC Individual, PLC, we've got all of these things that we can use to manage risk. Um, really, what are we trying to do? We're trying to manage profitability. Um, and so we have just come in um, here at Sylvia's Financial and wanted to really take a look and say, how do they all interact? And so that I can get down to choosing the tools out of the toolbox um, to create a profitability picture that I want for my farm. Bryce, I, uh, I, uh, I say the word, you know, okay, risk management gets tossed around a lot. As Jared just explained right there, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of options, you know, and, and I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Um, I'm a farm owner. I'm a farm guy. Uh, I'm not bashing on anybody, but I will tell you this. There's this idea that farmers would put out there that they've got $50 million at risk every second of the day. You're like, wait a minute, though. There's a government program that says if we have inclement weather or if we have some sort of price catastrophe, you're probably going to be insulated or at least propped up to somewhere close to break even. Um, there are these insurance packages it's not really as bad as one might think once you dig into it. Am I right? Because, you know, uh, the dry cleaners down the road here, if they have a catastrophe, they don't quite have as many tools. So really, I think that maybe it's better to be a farming operation than the dry cleaners in terms of the tools that are at your disposal to manage that risk. Am I right or am I getting things wrong here? No, yeah, I definitely think that you're on the right track there. And too, I mean, there's definitely insurance programs that work with your government programs on that too. So kind of knowing the rules of the government programs and how that aligns where if you buy SEO or ECO insurance, then you are basically, you're going to buy PLC government program. Wait, 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 you just, okay. You did that thing. SEOs and CBSs and NBCs and, and PPLs. And what the hell are you talking about? You just gave me three, you just gave me three <laughs> of them in a row. So go ahead and back me up there. Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the big things is for farmers to kind of understand and know how their government program decision can impact their insurance decision. Because if, say, if they buy supplemental coverage option, which is called SEO or ECO, which is an enhanced covered option, that basically gives you one choice, which is PLC. And if you would happen to choose like Art County or something, you can be penalized by the government too. So, I mean, we kind of help the farmers kind of understand those rules and know the outcomes of those as well. And we can kind of show them that in our software and kind of walk them through that selection process. What's a PLC? Price loss coverage option on the government programs. Okay. All right. So it's better to be a farmer than it is to be the dry cleaner because you have more tools at your disposal. And again, I'm not being mean. It's a good thing. The reason those programs are put in place is so that we have an abundant and a protected food supply, frankly. I mean, that's why uh, the idea is we can probably live without the dry cleaners. We're sure as heck not going to live without the farming operations, I think is what we're talking about. So it's a little bit better scenario uh, to be a farmer than to be the dry cleaner operator, but there's a ton of stuff to navigate. And I think that's where you are coming in with this. Jared, 
you just said there's all sorts of risks. There's all sorts of risk management tools and all that. When Bryce goes out to uh, meet somebody that's, you know, I'm a farming operation. I've got a few thousand acres in the corn belt or the plain states. It doesn't matter where I am. Um, what are you coming in there and telling me? I'm, I'm, I just know I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I got, I got, I got weather. I got, uh, you know, the Miller farm down there that needs drainage tile. I've got, uh, I've got landlord management to do. I've got input prices. I got a lot going on. What are you coming and telling me? Yeah, Damien, uh, I had a conversation uh, with a uh, corn, cotton, peanut producer in Georgia just right before Christmas. And uh, first time uh, ever met him before. And when I showed up, I really just got to sit down, probably similar to you. He's sitting here going, man, I've got all of these things. And now you're going to try to sell me on something. And uh, was able just to take a pretty unique approach with, with him and just listen, to be honest. Um, just really listen to what, what was his trouble. Um, and then... Uh, he was disagreeing with some of the insurance and government programs that he felt he was forced to choose last year. Um, and so we got to take a step through that and really look at, okay, you got to choose um, PLC, as Bryce mentioned at the FSA office on your cotton last year, um, but you really wanted to choose a different insurance on your cotton. And uh, from there, just really got to step in and listen to his profitability. I mean, once again, Damien, I'll just keep hammering this home. What is your profitability? Um, what is your profitability? And what are you worried most about that could change your profitability? Um, I can start dumping out the toolbox on you, but what good is that going to do if you just got a flat tire? Um, what is that going to do if you need spark plugs changed? Um, so really, I just push it back on the producer and say, hey, what, what, are, what are you looking at? And once again, where's your profitability at? Is that a number we can help you with? Yeah. So, uh, Bryce, what we're talking about there is uh, you, you go, you're meeting with this operator and it's about profitability. And there's a lot of things that impact, impact that, uh, you know, everything from my how I'm buying my inputs, uh, what I'm paying for my cash rent, uh, whether I overdid it on machinery. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but you can't control all of that. What is your approach when you come in there and say, I'm going to help you with profitability? I'm like, great, make me profitable. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, I can't do, I can't make all your decisions. What do you do? I feel like the biggest key for us to, especially getting your information into our software is we take every single moving part of your farm, as far as the input costs, what you're buying for crop insurance, because each farm is different. Your farm isn't the same as the farm down the road. You might have different costs or say a farmer in Kansas may have less input costs on his dry land corn versus here in Indiana. So just kind of understanding each farmer's landscape and what they're dealing with to be able to ask those risk reward questions. Because like what you said, I mean, input costs can vary a lot different between the states. I mean, so that's the biggest thing is just getting the accurate information in kind of garbage in, garbage out, and making sure we're looking at the clean numbers to be able to make a recommendation on your profitability. 
Yeah, we said that in this episode, we're going to talk about the integration because the big part is everybody and their sister sells crop insurance. I'm not being mean. I'm being honest here. I think we mm-hmm. can admit that. Uh, if I put the word out, uh, you know, I'm in a rural part of uh, Indiana, farm guy. Um, if I were to put the word out, hey, I need some crop insurance. Oh, my heavens. We'd have to put a gate at the end of the driveway, right? You know, yep. the the finance, the people that finance me sell it, the crop, the uh, some of the seed people are in crop insurance. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So that we know there's plenty of that to go around. And then I think the unique pitch here that Sylvia's financial does is you're saying, yeah, we're going to integrate that because we know that's just one tool. And we also, frankly, we'll admit that it's, it's a commodity. I mean, crop insurance everywhere. It's the integration of that with the government programs within your uh, pull the trigger on selling your stuff. That really is where the whole thing sort of uh, rubber meets the road. Am I right? Yes, sir. Go ahead, Jared. Give me something. I see you nodding your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. The integration is huge because everything overlaps. Um, if I'm sitting here, uh, we got great corn price today. Um, and as we get into our discovery period to figure out what the start price on our insurance will be, man, I've got a chance to hedge some really good corn. How do I want to do that? Do Is there an insurance product that can help me hedge corn? Or do I want to use futures and options to hedge my corn? Um, at the same time, I might use a little bit of both. Um, I don't always have to buy coverage, do not have to hedge myself, whether with futures or options or insurance all the way to zero. I have the option to use a dollar wisely and match these things up so that maybe I have a options um, strategy that will hedge me all on the way down to where my insurance catches up and then my insurance can carry me down. Yeah, so Bryce, I'd say I'm a real good corn producer, but this kind of stuff makes my uh, makes my uh, hair fall out. So it's like, okay, I'm a really good corn producer, but for crying out loud, I'm not sure I fully understand here. All right, I'm going to say, Bryce, just make this all happen. I'm I'm going to be able to produce 210 bushel corn out here, and that's pretty good. And here's my cost, and I know that I'm, I'm my cost of production is below what I can sell it for, but I'm not sure I'm good at all that here. Is that what you do? Not exactly, but we do help. I want you to, Bryce. I want I want to just grow corn. I want you to do this. And so you just said you don't do it. I want you to say, I want you to come in and just basically do everything. Come on. Are you going to do that? No, sir. But we will paint the picture and show you the risk reward kind of scenarios that we are going to run into and show you the market landscape of where we're at today. So you kind of know what the risk rewards kind of outlook looks like because different times of the year we're worried about different things right now soybeans south america is looking dry okay what's our risk there and what's our upside look like so just running through those scenarios with clients at timely parts of the year and showing that on their farm profitability versus just saying hey i want to be 25 percent sold without showing them what the risk is got it so um Jared said something pretty smart there. We know that there's a lot of ways to get around it. First off, I could just insure the heck out of it. I could almost be overinsured, couldn't I? Um, 
maybe we have that scenario where we've almost we're or we're spending more money on insurance than we really need to because there's a couple other catch fences that we could be using. Give me the scoop on that, Jerry. Yeah, um, great example. Um, another c- customer in Georgia. We were looking at his insurance last year. Um, got everything in there and uh, really quickly realized this was a prospect at the time. Um, he had been buying an 80% policy. Nothing wrong with an 80% policy. Um, love it in a lot of places. Um, but for him, it was too much. Um, and just through some data analytics and really pulling the tools out of the toolbox, trying to find the one to two tools that work for him, uh, he was able to save 15 bucks an acre on his insurance and move down to a 70% policy. Okay, now that's a great example right there. So just for the person that's really still, uh, you know, we always want to bring it back to square one here. Uh, I can buy crop insurance to cover 70% of expected revenue, 80%, 85%. I think, what's my cap? 85 or 90? 85 in most places. Okay, so I can buy insurance. So the person that's listening to this, it's like, man, I got to be honest, Damien, I'm really glad you had this on here because this is not my my wheelhouse. It's not my strength. I can pay for crop insurance to guarantee 65, 70, up to 85% of expected revenue per acre, correct? Yes, sir. And the government is going to pay for about half of my premium on that generally, right? Uh, Generally, yes, sir. Okay. And you're saying you go to a, uh, an operator in Georgia and uh, pro- presumably smart operator, probably productive, uh, but was over-insuring. And they did that because the idea was, hey, I've got some, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they said, I'm just risk averse. I don't want to have this, uh, this chance of me, you know, going broke here. So they're paying for coverage up to 80%. And you're saying they didn't have to. And the reason why? Uh, the reason why, just looking through the analytics, um, we took his last 10 years worth of yields and we just really looked at what would the 80, what did the 80 do for him? We already have the data. So we just had to run the math and say, well, what would a 70 have done for you? And what is the cost savings there? And for him, the cost savings was more beneficial than the extra protection that the 80 had provided him over the last 10 years. So he decided to take the cost savings, move to a 70, and actually ended up putting the cost savings into his futures and options marketing. Yeah. So it went down from, from just essentially, that was just a savings of premium. But you didn't put this person in any greater peril is what I'm hearing, right? That's correct. Yeah, he had adequate cover coverage that covered what the risks and gave him the guarantee insurance guarantee that he really needed. How did he have the other coverage? I guess is the question because this is where the integration comes in, Bryce. Am I am I am I hearing this right? Because we're talking about integrating these things. He didn't have to do it all with crop insurance, right? Yeah, and. I feel like we see a lot of times too, where some guys are aggressive hedgers and they want to cash sale forward hedge. So they're going out and maybe marketing 45 to 50% of their farm. And then they're going out and buying 
enhanced coverage option up to 95% protection where it's not really needed. I mean, you are already protecting yourself in other ways through futures and options. You don't necessarily have to go out and do that. But for my family and my family personally, we don't, a lot of farmers, I don't say don't know about futures and options. It, it just can overwhelm them. So maybe that's the type of guy that goes out and buys that higher insurance policy because they don't want to forward hedge as much. They don't want to take that risk of not being able to produce that much, or they don't want to mess with the future and options board. That's okay. We still advise on what insurance decision that they need to make then just different kind of like what Jared said. Some people might want to do a mix of strategy. You buy the 80% coverage and then do a mix of futures and options and hedge 20% of your corn there. So just kind of finding that fit on the farmer on how their personality is and how they want to go about hedging their crop. But there's so many different ways to show that. So the person that uh, Jared's talking about, Jared, you're saying that they uh, backed off on that and saved a bunch of premium. And, you know, you said you saved them 15 bucks an acre. There are times if you've been around this, uh, this world long enough in the business of agriculture that 15 bucks an acre might have been your margin. I mean, I can tell you, I came up through the 80s and I'm not going to do this thing like, oh, you young kids have no idea. I can just tell you that there was a time when 15 bucks an acre might have been your margin and the reason you lived to find another year and you just saved that on unnecessary insurance acquisition. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, we can, you know, just really learning where these products are. Um, we're all growing a, I'll use corn, for example, a bushel of corn. It's only worth so much. Um, are we going to spend more than that bushel is worth to protect it? We can do that a lot of times just because we do not understand how everything interacts. So we just keep adding on, adding on instead of realizing, hey, let's maximize the tools and only use them where they're needed to get the protection that you need. Jared, you said you took that Georgia operator uh, back on amount of coverage and saved 15 bucks an acre, but you still offered the risk management so that the guy could sleep at night. Was it through grain marketing or was it through a government program that you then showed them that you're still covered? Uh, it was a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, once we had his um, insurance dialed in, um, we also then had to dial in, okay, now which farm program at FSA would have been best for you? Um, was it ARC uh, or is it PLC? Um, for this producer, he ended up choosing PLC. Um, it kind of provided the coverage that he needed. And then we worked with him on futures and options um, because his biggest peril was not yield, but it was price. Um, so then we just started working with uh, a little bit of cash sales uh, mixed along with some futures and options um, to, to start trying to manage the price risk. And Bryce, that's where he was more. Yeah. So Bryce, the, thank you, Bryce, the, the thing that most of them get wrong, I, I'm just going to give you my perspective. Most farmers are really good at production. Uh, because that's what they're bred to do. Uh, then there's usually chinks in the armor somewhere. Um, is it 
the government program, because I think most of them probably go in and sign up, you know, whatever the advisor tells them to do. I'd say it's probably more on the marketing uh, or, or maybe not looking at the big picture. What is it that you see? What's the chink in the armor that you think is most prevalent uh, when it comes to the uh, clients and prospects that you've helped? I, I just feel like that the government programs don't, people don't take as much time as they should to kind of evaluate that decision before they make it because making that government program decision and the insurance decision that happens in the beginning of the year. And that kind of sets your foundation for the year. I mean, we're doing that analysis, January, February, March before the deadline. And that's where it all starts. And that's kind of after that is where the marketing year kind of takes off. And that's where we, hit the news points and with South America or other stuff going or going around the world stuff going on. That's where we kind of have those conversations, but it starts beginning of the year on the foundation of the insurance and government programs. Okay. So advice from Bryce Goose is if I'm, if I'm an operator, I need to be meeting with somebody like you from Silvis financial, because right now it's a matter of integration and it's, I have enough time to do it. In other words, I didn't have to have something signed up, uh, you know, back December 31st. It's still, there's still plenty of time, January, February, going into March when I can do this. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, sir. For most, most states, Jared can kind of hit on this. It's March 15th. I know out in the Carolinas and some stuff, it's the end of February that is when their deadline is, but it depends on your location. All right. And so the biggest is the biggest chink in the armor, meaning the, the mistake or the weakness that I that you see or believe most farm operations have. It's not on the production side, certainly. It's not even on the buying crop insurance because there's plenty of that around. It's the management of the government program as it as it correlates to your insurance. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And, the, and then that kind of goes into the insurance. I mean, insurance and government programs, they kind of go together. And that's kind of the foundation to start your year off on where you sit is those two options. So besides meeting with somebody like you at Silvius Financial, Jared, what do I need to know um, if those are the if those are the biggest um, mishaps or uh, potentials for for problems? What do I need to know? I think you really just need to be looking at what am I trying to accomplish with both my government programs and my insurance? Well, wait a minute. You say, what am I trying to accomplish? I think the easiest thing is make as much money as possible. So absolutely, uh, there you go. But I will say this, when we look at insurance, I believe most people are trying to solve a production issue. Ah, so it's not about making as much money as possible. My, my business mind says make as much money as possible, make as much money as possible. And you just said, not necessarily. You think that sometimes it's being looked at wrong. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations. What do we look at when we, when we buy insurance? I'm trying to solve a production issue. Yes, there's this great thing and it is revenue protection, but one of the most common comments I get is, that's great, Jared. It's going to guarantee me 175 bushels. Well, I haven't made under 175, 175 bushels an acre in 10 years. Mm -hmm. That is correct. I agree with that statement. Then why are we even looking at insurance? Well, that's why I keep buying the cheapest that I can. <laughs> yeah. So what you just said right there is, I haven't even produced less than 175 for over a decade. And you say, well, then why is it you're paying to insure something that isn't even been an issue? And then they're going to say, 
well, just in case. And then you say, I say, well, why don't we just look at this differently? Why don't we really dial into this component of revenue based and where is this price helping you? When I start to insure revenue, I have my bushels that you're making and I have a spring and harvest price. So now how does this integrate with your farm program? Because now all of a sudden I've got a farm program. I've also got a flip side. If I have a guaranteed bushel, I can safely market or forward sell that guaranteed bushel in case South America turns off in the worst drought and we go to $7 corn. So I've got more reasons than just production to buy a good crop insurance policy. We've just got to take our eyes off of nothing but production. Which is hard for farm people to do. Bryce, let's admit it here. You're just a little whippersnapper. You, you know, you haven't lived through the, the, you know, you didn't walk uphill to school both ways. You're just some young kid. You're going to come in here to some guy that's been doing this for since before you were born. And you're going to try and tell me how to run my business. Why should I listen to you? We provide facts and software to back up what we're trying to pitch in our insurance software. We show you if you put a dollar in, how much of that dollar are you getting back? Same with our marketing software. We are weighing the risk reward scenarios where if corn goes to 450, what does your profitability look? Okay, maybe let's look at buying some puts to protect that. And this is what'll happen if we go down to 450. So we're not, we are telling you and advising what we suggest, but we also have the software to back it up and show you why we are thinking this way versus just saying, oh, go out and sell 25% of your corn because we think it's going to $4 and not actually showing right. the risk of that, what that does to your profitability. Yeah. So you actually, when, when I sit down with you, you, you can show me very in, in real numbers, here's what your yield is. Here's what your cost structure is on across all of your ground that you farm, blah, 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 boom. And then, and then you can give me the, the example of, all right, let's just say you did this, boom. And then you can show me that, right? Yes, sir. Did you do the actual stuff though? I mean, because you, you, it's one thing to say the old world, you know, about consultants, they just come in, tell you what you're supposed to do, then go play golf. You're not doing that though. You're actually doing the work, right? If I say, all right, fantastic. You just showed it to me. Let's do it. Is it done then? Can you make it all happen? Well, forward sales, they, obviously the farmer or producer goes to their to their elevator and can book the corn or do whatever and as futures and options go we have a trade desk where we execute we can execute futures and options for you right in house perfect so you can do the and you can sell me the insurance you can uh advise on government programs you can't go to the fsa office and do that you've got to just give the advice right yep yep and then you can also uh, you can also handle the trades. You can set me up if I say, all right, I don't know a put from a I don't know a put from a call from a watchman jigger. You're going to say, okay, we can handle all that too, right? Yes, sir. We talked about the value that uh, this this really is. I think what the future looks like because if you've got a whole bunch of capital at risk, you've got a whole bunch of management decisions going on. 
why wouldn't you try and take uh, and, and consolidate? So is that really what we're talking about here, Jared, is we've consolidated this, what Silver's Financial seeks to do, the problem you seek to solve is uh, not just risk management, it's also bringing a bunch of stuff into one big decision, uh, as opposed to in, in financial planning, they used to call it pocket accounting, where the you know old people are famous for this. They have $500 over here for their funeral, and they got $300 over here for this, and they got 10 That's like, do you realize that that's all your money? Why are we keeping this in separate pockets? It's kind of the same thing you're talking about. This is all your business here at the farming operation. Let's look at it all as it relates to each other. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, it, it all interacts. Um, but it, and it's always, in, it's interacted for a long time. Um, but we always like to do the way, do the way dad did it. Granddad did it. Mm -hmm. And we're also historically bad at, well, that didn't work. I'm not doing that again. Um, and so really just trying to come over some of these generational things, we, we've really just got to start pulling this stuff together and understanding why did it work or why did it not work? Um, just because your insurance didn't pay doesn't mean it didn't work. <laughs> right. It still solved an issue for you at the time. And so, yeah, to really pull all of these things in um, and look at them in one bucket, um, profitability is really the key to me of, uh, of making good sound decisions. I agree with that. Bryce, going out the door, closing out here, what's the what's the one thing I didn't ask you or the one thing that you want to remind our listeners of or one thing that we didn't get to that we probably should have as it pertains to integrating government programs with crop insurance within marketing of your product? Yeah, I say one big question mark going on right now is kind of the crop mix evaluation too, which we can also provide is the big decision is, okay, corn inputs are increasing, it's high. Am I more profitable planting soybeans or cotton versus corn? So, and I think that's the biggest question that we've been getting recently is what's the best, what looks best for my profitability right now? What crop? So we, we are kind of touching base on that and running those traps on that before these insurance decisions come or before these planning decisions are kind of set in stone and ordering the seed and all that stuff. We're kind of evaluating what crop looks most profitable right now and then the risk landscape for, for those crops. So that's one big thing that we are kind of hitting on right now. When, of course, when you make those decisions, it's going to vary based on your geography and, and the yep. weather. But we're talking about you've got a window here of uh, maybe up to 60 days. And, you know, there's the person says, well, I'm just going to go out and plant like I always plant. And you're saying, don't. Yes, sir. Especially now. I mean, you know, out in Arkansas, Iowa, even here in the Midwest, I mean, the fertilizer and, and hydrus and how much of that's gone up. I mean, it's a lot more money to produce a bushel of corn versus a bushel of beans right now it, in in most places. So that's kind of evaluating, but not, not necessarily, you might not make more money growing beans right now either. So it just kind of depends on showing that and being able to visualize that and viewing the two side by side to make a good decision before we put the seed in the ground. 
I like it. So what we're talking about is decision-making here. Uh, his name is Bryce Goose. He's a risk advisor, commodity trader with Sylvius Financial. He was joined by the CEO and founder of Sylvius Financial, Jared Clark, who joined us from Texas. We're really talking uh, big picture here about your farming operation. And I, I, I love it because, again, there's a lot of moving parts. And what these guys seek to do and believe that you should be doing on your farming operation is as best as you can, integrating these three things, which are all really sources of revenue, right? You can market your grain, commodity prices, uh, commodity sales, and and crop insurance and government programs are all three sources of revenue, just as much as the, the bushel of corn. We just brought in these other two things that sometimes we don't think of as essentially potential revenue sources, right? Absolutely. Yeah, everything has the potential to... Um, to bring you revenue. I mean, that's the whole point in it. And so just putting them together to work where you want them um, so that you can go out and just worry about growing a crop. Um, for the most part, that's why we got into agriculture. We love being out on the land. So uh, let's put all these pieces of the puzzle together to once again, manage your risk, um, but more to create a profitability matrix that puts you in a place to where I can quit worrying about the markets. Let's just go farm. I mean, that really is a goal. That's the, that is, that is a big goal right there. Uh, big goal. Make it so that I just go farm because I've just taken a lot of these things and managed the risk. And I've also fixed in my profit. All right. So his name is Bryce Goose. His name is Jared Clark there with Sylvia's Financial. If anybody wants to learn more about this, go to sylviasfinancial.com. Am I right? Yes, sir. All right. Go to sylviasfinancial.com. If you'd like to meet with an advisor, somebody like Bruce that's in your area, but let's say you're not in Northern Indiana where he is, you say, I want to find somebody just like him that can help me do what I want to need done so I can just go farm and still not have to worry about the profitability and all the other matrices that are going on. They can find a advisor by going to sylviasfinancial.com. Am I right? Yes, sir. That's the place to go. All right. Until next time, we were talking about integrating the three important sources of revenue, crop insurance, government programs, and marketing of your uh, farm's product. Uh, tune in for more great coverage just like this. Until next time, I'm Damian Mason with Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, brought to you by Sylvius Financial. Sylvius advisors show business-minded farmers how to integrate government programs with crop insurance, as well as crop and cattle marketing to achieve positive financial outcomes. Learn more at sylviusfinancial.com.